welcome to On Trial, starring Mark Radlich. Also starring Sean Comer. Hope you're ready, Hollywood, because you're on trial. All rise. Court is now in session. Judge Judy presiding. Every time I do this, I can never think of a good judge. I go through like the same four or five judge, different people. Judge Joe Brown? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I mean, you know what? I think before the next on trial I do, I'm just going to write down like a list of judges. Judge famous, Wapner? You know, one of the on trial guys. One of the uh, quiz show guys brought up Judge Wapner, which I had forgotten about. But you're right. Judge Wapner from the People's Court. Hey, on the, <laughs> I'm your mandated reporter. And frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And on the docket tonight... Top of the morning to you. It's St. Patrick's Day, and we are putting the horror comedy classic, cult classic, if you will, from 1993, Leprechaun, on trial. And joining me today to uh, discuss this, to plea bargain this movie, this is one of going to be one of our plea bargain editions, uh, where we're not going to like hard debate it. We're just going to we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the shamrock, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The, the the soulless ginger himself, straight from Ireland, it's Jason Teasley. Top of the morning to you, Jason. Top of the morning to you, Mark. Uh, my my shillelagh is is all primed and polished to <laughs> to discuss this. We are. I'm just realizing the gr- egregious error we've already made in this show, and I almost feel like we need to start over again. Neither one of us is drinking Guinness. I mean, I'm drinking well, green tea. That's the. That's what I'm drinking. Well, I'm drinking fruit, a uh, Capri Sun fruit punch. Get, you're gonna crinkle it again into the microphone. Yeah, I'm gonna try to <laughs> while I'm talking. I hope so. Um, very good. Hey, hey, you got to get the last drop out of it. I understand. Now, I gotta make. I gotta make sure that you're paying attention. You never want to be a dirty girl. You want to make sure you get every last drop and not a not not a single droplet on the carpet. Right. Anyway, um, moving on. So it is St. Patrick's Day as this is airing. <laughs> God, you look just irritated with me now. Um, and uh, we we decided, I have been wanting to do for St. Patrick's Day Leprechaun for a few years now. I think one year, instead of, instead of this, Sean and I did um, for our annual St. Patrick's Day show, we did Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, if I remember correctly. And every year I've been trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do for St. Patrick's Day? What am I going to do for St. Patrick's Day? I've tried to make a week of this, but there's only so many Irish-oriented <laughs> things that are out there to talk about. Um, what are you talking about? To... This is a, this is a, it's a nice, lengthy uh, series. We could talk about all the Leprechaun movies. Well, this, yes. The, the Leprechaun series, sure. But I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> if you... Believe me, I, I have spent hours going through like holiday movies trying to figure out what I could review for St. Patrick's Day. The list is not long. It's not like, you know, Christmas or um, some of the other more well-known holidays. In any case, I love St. Patrick's Day. I uh, wish I had some Guinness now, and I always enjoy doing something for St. Patrick's Day. So here we are, we're doing Leprechaun. Have you ever seen it before I pitch this to you? I have not. Uh, I've seen, um, not the original, I've seen, I think it was... It's the one where they're in Vegas. I think it's okay. two or three. Um, 
like it was on it was on in the background one day and i was half paying attention but the original no um but i, I got to sit down you pitched this you said you wanted to do it why not have the one of the resident gingers and irishman of the of the uh rattledger broadcasting network to join you so here i am um what was very inquisitive about this because i learned a lot through a lot of the show notes that i read mm. so after watching it read a lot of the the notes on it some production notes and was very intrigued by some of the stuff i found well, out don't don't hold back normally <clears throat> The way that on trial has always worked in the past is Sean, um, after we do a table setting, Sean goes into a notes section. So uh, I was just going to read from the Wikipedia, but if you know, you know, some interesting things you want to talk about, fire away, baby. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, everybody knows, you know, one of the most attractive females in Hollywood, Jennifer Anderson, who only gets better with age. Uh, this was her first major movie role. Uh, this was her quote unquote breakout role. Is this and post post or pre friends? This is pre friends. Oh, this is pre friends. Okay. Yeah. So this, this is like is, this is like her first big role then. Yes. This is okay. like uh she only had one like one small cameo, I think, before this, but like major role. This was this was her first major role, which is really interesting to see how bad this is this is oh christ you're not kidding this is it this is the this is the first yeah. credited thing she's ever done because before that is mac and me where she's got an she's an uncredited extra wow yeah. i had no idea well this yeah. is a monumental picture oh yeah wow. Drop, dropping knowledge on you mark oh you um, certainly are ollie <laughs> but and um so that that's the biggest thing that i learned about it um right uh, Warwick Davis uh, wanted this to be a originally this was supposed to be a straight horror movie uh, and not have the silliness not have the you know the kind of comedic value to it but they felt that it would be a um, uh, the comedic elements would actually add to the the heart of the movie I guess you could say so that's what changed it up this they didn't want this to be a straight like really dark intense horror movie because it's a leprechaun i mean <laughs> it, it, it's leprechauns are fun mm -hmm. um i think they uh like there was this uh they had a i'm pretty sure it was like a rights dispute with general mills because they in one scene they wanted him to find a box of lucky charms and they <laughs> and get they, triggered and they, and they <laughs> They nixed that. Hey, look, us Irish people are the only people that were slaves and haven't bitched about it. But anyway, um, <laughs> um hilarious. yeah, um, you know, George Lucas gets a special thank you for the in this mm -hmm. because Warwick Davis, um, was under con contract to him, um, and he got special permission from George Lucas to actually appear to make this movie. Oh, were they so, filming Willow at the time? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Willow. Um, yeah, the movie filmed in the matter of like a month. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, it began filming October 28th, wrapped December 30th, December 3rd of 91. So legit, 
like 30 days of filming. <laughs> and boy, can you tell it. Yeah, buddy. Um, uh, in the cafe scene, you actually see um, Warwick Davis appear actually with his wife. Uh, mm -hmm. He was out of makeup, and he's actually in the cafe scene. Him and his wife, she has a cameo in the movie. Um, Dan Quayle actually has a has a special thank you for this. Uh, that was that was that was a very interesting thing. You know, Dan former Quayle? vice, yeah, vice president, uh, former vice president Dan Quayle receives a special thank you in uh, credit because his office spread up uh, sped up a working visa for uh, Work Davis to to do this movie. Yeah, like some of the quirky stuff that you find out about this. <laughs> Where was Warwick Davis residing at the time that he needed a passport? Um, uh, England. Okay. He's British. Okay. You know that, Mark? I oh, did not, actually. Well, I mean, don't you know all leprechauns come from over by the UK? <laughs> I mean, come on. I thought this was common knowledge. We talk about some pretty intense things here on the Rattle Legend Broadcast Network. Why do I feel like this is going to be the podcast that gets us into trouble? Well, I mean, you know, me dropping the slavery line might might be the might be maybe. Uh, um, yeah, so, I mean, there's only four people killed in this entire movie, mm. which is really interesting because it has because you think it would have a higher body count, but yeah, there's only four people killed in this movie. All right, so let's get into the plot of this thing, and then we will talk about this masterpiece of cinematic excellence. Um, in 1983, Dan O'Grady returns to his <laughs> Irish Mitch drink face. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dan O'Grady returns to his home in North Dakota from a trip to his native Ireland where he stole the pot of gold from a leprechaun, don't you understand, that he interrogated. After burying the gold, O'Grady discovers that the evil leprechaun has followed him home and murdered his wife. <laughs> she did an oopsie down the stairs. Yeah, oopsie. <laughs> O'Grady uses a four-leaf clover to suppress the leprechaun's powers as if he was holding a crucifix Yeah, and trap him inside a crate. Before he can burn him, he suffers a stroke. Ten years later, J.D. Redding and his teenage daughter, Tori... <laughs> I cannot believe they tried to pass off Jennifer Aniston in 1993 as a teenager. Um, look that up for me. How old is she? In, how old is she yeah. actually in 1993? Yeah, that's what I was getting at. She's like... Uh, so she was born in, she was born in 69, so she would have been 23, 24. Yeah, okay. yeah, I was like, that didn't seem right to me either. But anyway, uh, his teen daughter, Tori, rent the O'Grady farmhouse for the summer. Contract workers, Nathan Murphy and his 10-year-old brother, Alex, and their dim-witted friend, Ozzy. <laughs> We we call them developmentally disabled now, but back in 1993, they were dimwits. Yeah. Um, well, Jones. at least they did drop, drop the R word. Yeah, right. Uh, help repaint the farmhouse. Well, looking around the basement, Ozzy hears the leprechauns cry for help and mistakes him for a little child. He brushes the, uh, the old four-leaf clover off the crate, freeing the leprechaun. The leprechaun tells Ozzy that he works as a shoemaker in Ireland, but came to America looking for his gold. After failing to convince the others that he met a leprechaun, Ozzy spots a rainbow and chases it like you do, believing that he will find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Alex accompanies him for fear that Ozzy might hurt himself. It's a legitimate fear. 
a bag of <laughs> one a bag of 100 gold coins magically appears before Ozzy. After Ozzy tests the gold and accidentally swallows a coin, they like stash, you do, like you do, they stash. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever like just taken the you know a bite of something at its at its edges and suddenly swallow it for no good reason. But that's what happens. Yeah. They they stash it in an old well and plot to keep it for themselves, hoping to fix Ozzy's brain. <laughs> yeah, because you know, gold gold equals brain surgery. Well, intelligence. I mean, look, this is America. Sometimes you got to pay out of pocket for uh, medical care, and you know, um... <laughs> it didn't have an H- HSA. That's right. Uh, at the farm, the leprechaun lures JD into a trap by imitating a cat, <clears throat> biting and injuring his hand. Tori and the others rush him to the hospital, and the leprechaun follows on a tricycle. Alex and Ozzy, which is pawn- hilarious. Yeah, Alex and Ozzy visit a pawn shop to see if the gold is pure. And the leprechaun kills Joe, the shop owner, for stealing his gold and shines the dead shop owner's shoes before leaving. <laughs> I, like, I should keep reading, but he has to get the shoe shine bit in. <laughs> it's like, yeah. first of all, he's wearing like soft loafers, okay? They're like moccasins. Right. And they've got blood and they're blood stained now. You're not getting blood out of a shoe with a, sli- with a qu- quick wipe of your rag. It's not a, <laughs> it's hey, not he's a shoe he's... shine, it's soft shoe. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. He he, he he's an expert shoe shiner. <laughs> like that scene makes no sense. Like you, he has to either be wearing you know shiny shoes or you know um or something of okay. that effect. But like he's wearing again, he's wearing these like soft loafers and like that 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 are clearly of a, of a fabric kind and the blood is seeped into him and it's so funny because it's like I know this is how this scene is written so I'll just deal with it but Warren Davis just like wipes the wag over it once once he's like ah it's nice and shiny now it's clearly not it's covered in blood I just I just had a merger of movies now could you imagine like watching um Malcolm X when they're (laughs) at the shoe shining and you see Warren Davis Baker shining shoes (laughs) (laughs) oh in my in my remake of Malcolm X, I'm quoting totally putting Warwick Davis in the leprechaun outfit. Yeah. Shoes. There we go. Crossover. The leprechaun fixes himself <laughs> a small go-kart and goes back to the farmhouse, getting pulled over by a police officer on the way back for speeding. The police officer gets chased by the leprechaun into the woods, eventually getting killed by the leprechaun in the process. The leprechaun returns to the farmhouse where he searches for his gold and shines every shoe that he can find. He's obsessed, don't you understand? He must shine shoes. He is compelled. After leaving JD at the hospital, the group drives back to the farmhouse, finding it ransacked. Nathan checks outside where uh, where he is injured by a bear trap set by the leprechaun. The group fights the leprechaun outside, ganging up and beating him up with sticks and stone. After finding a shotgun in the farmhouse, they shoot the leprechaun several times. When this has no effect, they attempt to flee the farm, but their truck's engine has been sabotaged by the leprechaun. After ramming the truck with the go-kart, the leprechaun terrorizes the group until Ozzy reveals that he and Alex found the pot of gold, Jason Teasley. Tori recovers the bag from the well and gives it to the leprechaun. Believing the worst to be over, they leave for the hospital. While counting his gold, the leprechaun discovers that he is missing the last coin that Ozzy swallowed. Thinking they have tricked him, he menaces them until Ozzy tells him about O'Grady, who was taken to a nursing home after his stroke. The group distracts the leprechaun by throwing dirty shoes around. 
<laughs> which you just the, snorted it. I did. It's not the first time I snorted on camera, and it won't be the last. Uh, which the leprechaun can't resist but to go and <laughs> shine them. And Tori gets into the Jeep and drives off. Tori visits the home to learn how to kill the leprechaun. After the nursing home, the leprechaun pretends to be O'Grady. After he chases Tori to an elevator, the leprechaun throws O'Grady's bloody body down the shaft as Tori flees. Before dying, O'Grady tells her that the only way to kill the leprechaun is with a four-leaf clover, which happens to grow in a big batch outside the farm. Freshly plucked. Yes. Tori returns to the farmhouse where she searches for a clover until she is attacked by the leprechaun. Nathan and Ozzy save her. Ozzy reveals that he swallowed the last gold coin and the leprechaun critically wounds him to get it. Before the leprechaun can kill Ozzy, Alice takes a four-leaf clover uh, Tori has found, sticks it in a wad of gum and shoots it into the leprechaun's mouth, causing him to melt away. The leprechaun falls into the well, but his skeleton climbs out saying, I want me gold! Nathan pushes the leprechaun back into the well and blows up both the well and the leprechaun with the gasoline. The authorities arrive and Tori is reunited with her father. As the cops investigate the remains of the well, the leprechaun vows he will not rest, don't you understand, until he recovers every last piece of his gold! I love gold! That's a different movie. All right, Jason. Why is this the best movie ever captured on film? Go. <laughs> well, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and the, the synopsis you read was much more entertaining and funny than the movie itself. <laughs> because as ridiculous as it sounds in, in the written word, it is actually that ridiculous on screen. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it wasn't a horror movie like horrible movie. I mean, we've reviewed worse. Uh, I'm looking at you, Nerdland. Um, and in your case, old boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it will, it will have practical effects. Uh, mm-hmm. The CGI for 1993 was was solid for 1993. Mm. You, you can't look at it in the, the 2022 scope. Uh, it had some funny parts, like, you know, just the dirty shoe thing just got me cackling. Because <laughs> it's like, how, how in the world do you... Let's, let's throw shoes at, at you. <laughs> just shoes. Because... I don't remember the direct correlation, how they found out that he has to polish shoes other than he's a shoe that like as a throwaway, one throwaway line. If they decide uh, from that line, they decide, Hey, look, we're, we're going to throw shoes at him. <laughs> it's like, like he's a, he's a puppy or something. He just needs shoes to, to play with. Uh, but like work Davis, um, it is is a great actor. I mean, you know, especially from Willow. But this is what he's known for. This mm-hmm. is his iconic role. Uh, as good as Willow was and groundbreaking as Willow was, he will always be known as a leprechaun. And he's used that platform to, you know, be an advocate for little people in, in film and everything, which I think is very, very um, noble. Taking a silly premise making it into a career and using it as a platform. Um, like we discussed earlier, uh, Jennifer Anderson's breakout role, uh, that she denied for the longest time that it even existed, uh, mm-hmm. to where her and where Davis had beef. Um, and then finally she, once she realized that it was a cult favorite and everything, 
Um, she was just embarrassed by it. But when she realized that it does have a nice following, that it doesn't have a toxic fandom, mm-hmm. and that they embraced her for what it was, she embraced the movie and just said, you know, I, I was just starting out. It was my first major breakout role. I was embarrassed because I just wanted to get into acting. But so I was basically taking any role. And uh, I was I was privileged to land on such a cult classic that I didn't know, you know, if I could speak to my younger self, this I would tell them, tell her to embrace it, that she is beloved for this character and this role. And she has a bright future ahead of her. And I think that's really endearing that she she embraces, you know, the silliness, not like Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or 3, um, that they real legitimately went out of their way to try to block anybody from ever seeing it once they became stars. Um, but yeah, this, now, did it have some bad stuff? Yeah, the the plot is atrocious. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. let me. I'm going to cut you off there. Because one, I want to, <clears throat> I am a hundred percent in agreement. I think actually, I think Jennifer Aniston is the best part of this movie. She yeah. is great. Like she, <clears throat> I, I wasn't a huge Friends fan, but I did watch a fair amount of episodes. And of course, my wife is one of these, you know, women in the world who has to watch the same show a thousand times. It's on a rotation. Friends is on a rotation with Big Bang Theory and Family Guy. Um, so I'm excited whenever she occasionally watches anything else. But you know, when she just wants noise in the house, it's one of those three shows. And I bring that up because I've because of that I've watched a fair amount of Friends, and which has not aged well at all. But Jennifer Aniston, who <clears throat> low key, <clears throat> low key has been in a lot of movies, <clears throat> done a lot of movies, has done a fair amount of television, and I actually think is a stellar actress. I think she's she is very solid. I think she, she's been in a. She has been the high point of a lot of really, really good movies. Um, I think because she's not, she doesn't necessarily do this kind of stuff that you and me tend to watch or review on the Rattlers Broadcasting Network. We forget that she's out there, but she, you know, or and we only think about her and Friends. But Jennifer Aniston is one of the one of the better actresses of that generation, and she kind of elevates this movie. She she's playing she's supposed to be playing like a bratty teenager, um, and she she does it great like i think my one criticism is not really with her performance but the writing of that character she's not better off by the end of this she's not changed by any of this than she was at the beginning it's just that you know she's a brat she's being chased by a monster they defeat the monster she's still kind of a brat she's not really learned to appreciate her new situation but she played it really really well and she was very entertaining and you know even while there's there's no there's no sex in this movie. She has a lot of sexual chemistry with the other actor. And there were a couple of times where like, she actually says to him at one point, she, like they, she gets rid of the kid and um, the dimwit. Uh, and, and she says to the hunky guy, like, come on, let's go. You like it was something like you and me go cook or whatever. It was something innocuous, but they, you know, but it was definitely implied shagging was going, was going to be afoot. And I was like, huh, I'm into this Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> this is this is a really this is a really cool Jennifer Aniston character. Um, I especially liked when she, when she figures out that all the leprechaun wants is a pot of gold back, and she doesn't care. She's like, "Fuck it, here, just take it." Like, yeah. <laughs> like there was no, there, like this was one of those things where had she known 
where the pot of gold was and that that's all this character was after, this would have been a five-minute movie. <laughs> we would have been done. And it's great. Yeah, this goes back to a conversation we had during Black History Month. Uh, when we talked about the ladies' man and mm. Pootie Tang and everything, where you, you take a five-minute skit and you try to s- expand it into a into a movie, um, this falls into that because you could have had the the whole uh, arc of this movie in a in about a fifteen-minute short. Yeah, um, but you know you got to you got to fluff it up. You got to you got to be the fluffer of the movie. Um, <laughs> And get get a good decent runtime out of it, and this is this isn't bad. Like the only the kid annoyed me. Uh, yeah, I, I I was I was gonna get there, but I wanted to take a breath and let you comment on Jennifer Aniston. But I wanted to I wanted to start off with like we're not doing a hard and fast you you prosecute I defend. But one of the things that's the highlight of this movie is Jennifer Aniston's performance. The other one is obviously Warwick Davis. He looks like he's having a ball with this. Like. And, and this goes very specifically to what we talked about with Pootie Tang, Ladies Man, and Soul Plane, where I'm sure there's an impulse for some people in the world to be like, this is exploitive of people who are of, uh, you know, who, who have whatever the name of the condition is called that he has. You know, there, there are people who, like, we don't want to be called dwarves, we don't want to be called minis, we don't want to be called this or that, you know. but And, like, and they would look at a movie like Leprechaun, and I'm sure there have been criticisms of this. I have not done the research, but I would imagine they're like, Leprechaun is exploitive. It's exploitive of these kinds of people. Warwick Davis doesn't seem to care. <laughs> Warwick Davis is having a like like Lance Crowther or um, or Kevin Hart or Tim Meadows. They knew the assignment and they threw themselves into it, and they had a blast doing it. And he's so good in this because again, you know, I was thinking about like. And I don't want to draw the ire of people like Robert Winfrey or Sean Comer, but I kind of prefer, and this is going to be a hot take, bear with me, but I kind of prefer Warwick Davis's Leprechaun to, to Freddy Krueger. I really do. You know, I, in terms of monsters, you know, he's not, he, he's not cracking wise. He's just, he's just that character. He's obsessed with shining shoes. He wants his gold and he's just, you know, it's it's more Jason and Michael Myers than it is Freddy, but he's vocal, you know, and he's doing yeah. the Irish accent and all of that, and he's you know, and he, he is in fact a monster, but he but he he doesn't go overboard with it. The character itself, the way it's written, calls to some degree to be overboard, but he doesn't take it to a point where that's not what's funny about this movie. Like he's fine in it. You know, and you know he's biting people, and there's a little bit of gore, but not a lot, which is which was fine with me. Uh, I just think he's great. Like, if if Warwick Davis are working and Jennifer Aniston's working, then I think this movie is actually fairly solid and is maybe unfairly maligned. It's by far not the worst thing I've ever seen. No, and Warwick Davis, like uh, like you said, you want to draw ire from people. Um, I I kind of agree with you because. Mm. I think uh, Freddie became too cartoonish. Yeah, uh, because he, he, he like he's legitimately to... menacing in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's a downhill yeah. slide after that. Yeah, I mean, especially once you get to once you get to Dream Warriors, which is mm-hmm. probably the best one out of it, uh, and they start kind of leaning more into his his comedic mm-hmm. uh, tones and stuff and snarky comments. That's where it starts. After that movie, it takes a sharp plummet but 
this would this is on on par with with Dream Warriors, I think, uh, character portrayal of Freddy versus the Leprechaun and mm-hmm. Warren Davis because you have the snarky comments, but the physical <laughs> uh, comedy that Warren Davis does in this, like mm-hmm. when he's when the bear trap goes off and he's just kind of running around in a circle <laughs> and he's not doing anything, but he's just kind of menacing in a circle. Mm-hmm. And then they just start ganging up on him like he's a little dude. <laughs> how many of you, you know, you, you kind of feel sorry for you because how many people takes to beat up a leprechaun? Well, in his defense, um, he is magical, and it, you know, and and he's, he, he's and magically he, delicious. He, <laughs> that's what all the girls tell me. Yeah, but he he's having fun with this role, and you know, and that goes back to something we talked about is that he used the platform. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's probably a, a lot of people that you know think it's exploitive about you know about little people and everything. But also, you got to look. This is also a avenue to be known and be, you know, to have a platform. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, are like, "Well, you know, you got to use your platform for good." What is this doing? This is putting you front and center, mm-hmm. letting people talk about you, doing interviews, so you can get a message out. And I think that is a very important aspect of him playing this character. Right. You, and you just, the fact when, he had an absolute ball with it. When you start with we we want to do an evil leprechaun story, <laughs> you have to do an evil leprechaun story. You can't make him the... This is my other issue with Freddy. You can't make him the one you're cheering. You're supposed to be cheering for Nancy. You're supposed to be... This is actually one of my problems with this movie, but um, you're supposed to be cheering for Jennifer Aniston. I think that's one of the major flaws here is that Jennifer Aniston is, is deliciously unlikable. That yeah. you don't care if she gets killed by by Warwick Davis, but I think what makes it work, and, and I'll repeat this, what made it work for me was he wasn't trying to kill Jennifer Aniston per se. He just wanted his pot of gold, and when she figured that out, she was like, "Okay, here, you know, it, this this isn't a revenge thing, or this isn't a, you know, like a Michael Myers, uh, Jason. I'm just motivated to kill everybody in front of me. Like he gets his pot of gold. There's no beef here." And the only reason why this movie is even as long as it is is because the one guy, you know, they wrote in a plot point where he swallowed the gold. So there'll always be one piece. It's like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's that one piece of gold that's that's moving us into this third act and carrying it forward. Before you jump in on that point, I want to say, yes, the writing is not perfect, not by a long stretch, <laughs> but, but it is pretty good. But it could have been better. And it could have been better if they had used Grammarly for you listeners of the On Trial podcast. Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes, while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. Download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. A couple of months back, Sean and I reviewed, I think it was... um, uh, the the Halloween that follows H two O, if I remember correctly, the one whatever the one with Busta Rhymes is. Um, that's Resur- That's H two O. No, no, no. That's Resurrection. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, Res- it's whatever one follows H two O, and we talked about how all the like, most of the characters in that movie are just decidedly unlikable. So you end oh. up cheering for Michael Myers, which is a fundamental flaw. And just listening back to a lot of the Long Road to Ruins that. Robert and Sean did while I was on my various 
cruises and child exoduses and whatnot was how the horror genre lurched into this place where the attraction is the monster and so they write the movie so where you want to see the monster succeed but you can't you can't have it where the monster succeeds. So in the end, you have one halfway decent person, usually a girl, who survives at the end. But everybody else is meat for the monster. And you're cheering on the eating of the meat, um, which I don't really love about the horror genre, If I, if, you know, to be honest with you. you I think it's a, you have a stronger film when you want people to succeed. And it's tragic when they get destroyed, as opposed to just watching Pac-Man eat ghosts for 90 minutes you know, save one final, one girl who saves herself. You know, here, the only unlikable character is the kid. And I don't even think it was for he's per, I don't think he was written as unlikable. I just think the kid can't act. <laughs> like, right. the, he, his performance, and then I'll take a breath so you can jump in here. This kid, uh, what's his name here? Um, uh, Robert Hyde Gorman as Alex Murphy. At least in this movie, maybe he's gotten some chops since then, but he can't act for shit. <laughs> he was terrible. No, I've seen better actor acting in some of the B movies that we've we've covered. But yeah, he was just uh, as much as Jennifer Aniston. You know, being her first major role, she was she was fine. He was not. He <laughs> took you any scene that he was in. It just took you out of the moment. If there mm -hmm. was any tension built or any kind of you know flow structure built as soon as he came on and opened his mouth it you, you was just deflated it was like oh okay let's get I, I was really cheering for the kid to die i'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I was i was hoping the kid would die let me jump in here you know when we talked about coffee and how as good of an actress as pam Grier is she kind of does her line readings and actor voice yeah. you know there are very clearly some style of fil of filmmaking where it's clearly dramatized line readings. Like these don't sound like the way people talk. <laughs> and that there was a lot of that in coffee. He was like, are you sure you want to put that needle in me? You know, like, all right, it's clearly a performance here. Not a bad performance, just an obvious one. The, the, the kid delivers his dialogue in obvious actor voice, but he's a kid and he's not good at it. And he's also not an attractive black woman with huge boobs. So I'm like, I'm not into this at all. <laughs> like, it's this awful kid with awful line readings that are so obviously fake it takes you out of the movie. I, I was waiting. I was getting ready to say, Mark, and he's a kid. Uh, that's the most <laughs> important part um, uh, of this comic. But yeah, uh, not the, what was his name? Otis or the... Uh, oh, the, 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 the Dimwit? The, the uh, Simpleton? Uh, yes, Ozzy Jones, played by Mark Halpin. Uh now he he was passable. Oh, he's uh, great. Have you seen him? He's uh, he's the bully now, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes, but in this movie, he okay. was passable. Sure. Now that's what I'm saying. In this movie, he's passable. Now other works, he does good. Like you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, he plays a great snooty character. But in this, he's it's, chubby and Teen Wolf. Yeah, oh, he is, isn't he? Yes, he is. I'm looking at his. I'm actually looking at his um, IMDb I, I, right now. I totally forgot that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's passable in this movie. It's not like he doesn't like add or subtract from the movie, like the the kid does. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like he's the Mary Sue that that gets everything to the third act mm -hmm. um, because 
for some reason you bite on like you said you bite on a coin and somehow you inhale it i don't know <laughs> aspirations um are, are are hell of a thing but yeah everything was just kind of meh mm-hmm. um jennifer aniston was a little bit above the median um Warwick Davis is a lot above the median because you could tell he was just having fun with this character in this movie. Yeah. Um, but everybody else is kind of middle of the road. Uh, the kid, you know, I was I was legit hoping that he died, uh, and I <laughs> and I wasn't even like hoping that like you know it was an accidental death. I was hoping for brutal murder, um, mm-hmm. like disembowelment or something, uh, like something like that. But this movie was fine. Um, I understand why it has a cult following. I understand why there's 27 sequels mm-hmm. or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's fine in the sense that it started a niche audience. It started an underground following. It has its it has its beloved people. Um, it did do a lot for little people in film industry. So I, I don't really want to shit all over this movie. But I don't want to make it, you know, a Library of Congress Congress worthy. <laughs> Boy, you are stuck on that, man. <laughs> like this movie's crap. Well, it's National Library of National Congress. Fine. <laughs> uh, I do want to say so. Yeah, Warwick Davis is great. Jennifer Aniston's great. The kid's awful. Uh, Mark Halton is fine. He he's a fine actor. I just, I just everything else that I've read off that he's been he was great in that role. Mm-hmm. They asked him to play half an idiot. He played half an idiot here. Um, hunky boyfriend uh, Ken Oland who plays Nathan Murphy and he's okay. He also does a little bit of actor voice in this, but he's not. But he can pull it off, and he's not as bad as the kid. So I'm starting to think that that might have been a direction from the uh, director. A uh, couple of things that he's been in. He was big in the '80s. Uh, he was um, did some television. He was on Highway to Heaven. Uh, he did a lot. He did a lot of TV actually back in the '80s. He was on Riptide, The Fall Guy, V, uh, The Love Boat, The A Team, Airwolf. Simon and Simon, Rags to Riches, Gunsmoke. Um, he was on an episode of 21 Jump Street, Murder, She Wrote. And um, so, yeah, it looks like this might have been... Oh, he's in... Um, he. So I almost put this on the calendar for this year. And <laughs> I, 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 I might still... I might still, if I can find time to do it, uh, just, just for fun. Or maybe I'll save it for next year. The horror movie April Fool's Day. Have you ever seen this? Yes. Yeah, I want to talk April Fool's Day one year. It, um, it's, he's it's in a that. Fi- it's it's an interesting movie. It's an interesting mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just, just you know, it's just one of the many '80s slasher movies. Uh, more recently, again, he's done a lot of television: Battle Creeks, um, House, Criminal Minds. So, you know, he's B-level television actor. Um, he's okay in this, and certainly he he has a lot of nice. What you need for this? I mean, above all else, his acting could have been just as was even worse. But what get what it gets away with it is whether or not he has any sexual chemistry with uh, Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and he does in a plume, like a, a plum, like they they those two for a sexless movie light up the screen pretty good. I, I was into it. Yeah, they they've got that tension there. Um, yeah, and it's and it's good because mm. it, it teases that line just enough. 
it's yeah. almost it's almost but borderline pornographic to where I feel like there were a couple of scenes where them together where they then go off camera and I'm like they totally went to bang but they cut that part <laughs> out of the movie <laughs> except in France except France in gets France. it all France gets yeah. it all France France gets the director's cut yes um, yeah I mean uh, we could we could like I said we could totally roast this movie for. <laughs> how poor the writing was but yeah. it had bright spots well the, the thing of it is the writing is solid enough you have the monster wants his gold back there are obstacles in the way of getting his gold his gold back the monster you know but the, the monster attacks people until he gets until he gets his gold the way he wants it end of discussion it's it's actually a solid premise it's just some of the dialogue writing is a bit goofy i got i just have one question so the the whole shamrock thing from the beginning mm -hmm. he's in a crate with a shamrock on top of it is there no wind in that basement <laughs> uh because because i'm pretty sure that the shamrock would have blown off you know within a day or two um like but i i gotta know what is this like you know, super glue shamrock because when it gets it was, knocked it was a totally off, airless, it was a totally airless room. It was a clean room. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it was it was like basically uh, vacuum sealed uh, because obviously in what ten years, mm -hmm. no wind has ever entered that right. room. Not a mouse crawled over it. Nothing. Yeah, not a spider. Like. Right, even a, a mouse returned Ant Man back to the real world from the quantum universe, but there were no mice present in this uh, in this basement. Yeah, Charlotte was up in the corner writing uh, <laughs> haikus and swung by, you know, nothing. Yeah, but it's a little you know. scratches credulity just a bit. I, one last question I want to ask you, and then we'll call it. Okay. Admittedly, I had this on while I was pulling art for the month <laughs> of March and and working on podcast stuff. So I would watch stuff out of that. I mean, this was not a movie. I'm sorry. This was not a movie I had to pay that close attention to. I got the gist. Um, but I, again, I'm also not the world's biggest horror fan. So I'm not the best person to ask this. But you are. You know, you, Robert, Sean, Cooper, Benjamin, were all the big horror guys throughout the years we've been doing these podcasts. So I want to ask you, did this meet the minimum criteria as an entertaining horror movie in terms of kills and attacks? Yes, because a lot of uh, a lot of horror movies, uh, classic horror movies, don't have that many kills. Uh, the suspense of a kill, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you shouldn't judge a horror movie by body count. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care what the musical preference is. Body count is, is, is in the is house. There. It, it, yeah, body count is absolutely in the house. Let me tell you about this motherfucker called Moose Man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. <laughs> You had a, a you had a believable um, monster mm -hmm. uh, that had a set purpose that done everything to get to his purpose. So yeah, I mean it meets the minimum requirements to be a horror movie. Um, I've seen, I mean, look at the Blair Witch. I mean, mm. you know it's you know it kicked off a of found footage. Look at you know Paranormal Activity. Some of these movies are consider classic horror movies now uh for their time so yeah this meets all the minimum requirements yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point like paranormal activity the first one actually like scares the piss out of me and no one dies until the end 
Yeah, and it's only got one person that dies. Right. I mean, Katie technically dies. She becomes a demon, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. But the, the point is, yeah, it's the boyfriend that gets yeeted into the camera and is, you know, dead now with a broken neck. And that's it. That's that's all for you. That's the one Eagle! Uh, <laughs> the one kill in the entire movie, and it's at the very end before she gets all demon sexy in front of the camera and then the lights go out. Is it is it bad that I find her like kind of hot? Demon Katie or Katie Katie? I I mean I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick either one of them out of bed unless they wanted to fuck on the floor. But I mean, <laughs> I'm feeling that. <laughs> um, let me let me let me take a minute. I got to think about it because okay, so Kate, so Katie's body doesn't change at all, and Katie's Katie's got you know, Kate, Katie's got sex body. That's cool, um, and Katie has sex face. But when she turns into a demon, not so much. So I, I, I find her just as hot. I mean, even with demon face. Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, you know, demons did love to. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make a ruling here. I think it's okay to think demon Katie is sexy and you know and want a banger. Yeah, <laughs> there's my ruling. It's okay That's to bang demon Katie. That's really not a leprechaun. It's okay to bang Dave and Katie from Paranormal Activity. Perfect. <laughs> Nothing more needs to be said about this. Case dismissed. <laughs> um, Two years I, probation. I was listening to this podcast. They were talking about leprechaun, and their final comment was, yeah, bang Demon Katie from, from Paranormal Activity. I don't know how these two got there. I'm thinking drugs. All right. Um, so there it is. There's our St. Patrick's Day show. Hey, you soulless ginger. I have a question for you. What question would that be, Mark? <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day, you know, and and I feel like both of us are very underdressed for this. Like we both should have been wearing Saint like green St. Patrick's Day shirts. Only I don't know if mine would have shown up with my green screen behind me. Yeah. But either way, um, it's St. Patrick's Day, as I said, like a hundred and six times now. And you need to be drinking, but you also need to be listening to good music. You need to be partying. You need to be in the bars listening to good old-fashioned Irish drinking songs. And I just so happen to have a playlist here from Amazon Music Unlimited for St. Patrick's Day music. Can I read some of these to you, Jason? Yes. Of the yes, Second Show podcast? And yes, and I will tell you if it does not have a certain song on it. Okay. And, and that it is not an Irish, let, Irish playlist that's worthy of my, my listening abilities. Let's see if this St. Patrick's Day music curated by Amazon Music Experts, so the website tells me, meets Jason Teasley's Irish muster. Let's see if it passes muster. If I should fall from if I should fall from grace with God by the Pogues. Just give me a yes, no. Yes. Um, I'm not gonna read all of these, just the ones that I find mildly amusing. Um, I'm shipping up to Boston, the Dropkick Murphys. Okay, it's it's it it's we're, we're it's good. A, it's a it's a it's a list that does get my ire on this anything on as long as it has drop Dropkick Murphys shipping up to Boston. It has chipped by the Real Mackenzies. Have you ever heard the Real Mackenzies? I don't know. I have not. Okay, so if you're into like Irish um, Irish punk, they're really really good. I actually heard this playlist on. Um, we had just a regular punk playlist going, and this came on, and it was particularly good. Uh, Drunken Lullabies by Flogging Molly. Have you heard this song? It's fantastic. Yes, yes yeah. it is. Dude, you want to get into this, the workout. happiest 
the happiest, punchiest, drunkiest mosh pit ever, drunken lullabies by flogging Molly. You will punch a baby to drunken lullabies by flogging I, Molly. And I have been known to punch babies. Uh, me anyway. <laughs> Irish Mover. Mover. Irish Rover by the Blackguards. Irish Pub Song by the High Kings. The Three Little Jigs by Enter the Haggis. I've heard that once. <laughs> what the fuck is Enter Wait. the Haggis? I, I remember I, I heard that drunken at a um, St. Patty's party uh, bar crawl that I went to. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that was that was being played. Of course, I could have just made that up because I was I was too drunk. <laughs> or maybe you were drunk. <laughs> uh, more, uh, I, oh no, I was drunk. There's no disputing that. You're not if you're I'm not drunk. Sure you're not drunk on St. Patrick's Day. You have wasted your life. Um, the Rocky Road to Dublin, uh, Barrels of Whiskey by the O'Reillys and the Patty Hats. Yes, once again, second year in a row I'm doing this bit, and it's still, it still like gets moderately insulting as you go along. Drinking All Day by the Bible Code Sundays. Sure. No, but I think I need to check that out. <laughs> the Beer Song by Gaelic Storm. Sounds like yes, a metal I've album. Um, I've heard that. Meet Me on McLean by Shillelagh Law. I have not heard that. Um, Galloway Girl by the Elders, Rattlin Bog by the Irish Descendants, the, uh, the Wild Rover by the Dubliners, and finally, we end this list with the Irish Rover by, once again, the Dropkick Murphys from the Going Out in Style album. And do you know, Jason Deasley, where you can hear this for free? Where may I check this podcasting listening ability out for free with a free 30-day trial, Mark? On Amazon Music Unlimited. That's right. We are giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. The link that you need to click in the description of this podcast is getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network for all your holiday music needs. If you're in a fix, you've got people coming over, you've got hors d'oeuvres, little hot dogs, little shrimps, you know, a fish sandwich, if you will. Um, and you need to quick get some music on, hey, click that link in this podcast, get your 30-day trial, and Amazon has a whole bunch, just like this one, of holiday curated playlists with all your favorites on it. We, these were some great ones here on the St. Patrick's Day one. There's some great Christmas ones and whatever holiday you can think of. Maybe you're going to have a 4th of July barbecue, Jason Teasley. Maybe just for one day in your life, you're not going to have a fifth sandwich. And you're going to get some American ribs and an American flag and Kid Rock. And you need a playlist to let you know that you're proud to be an American in here, the USA. You can go to Amazon Music Unlimited with this free trial and it won't cost you a thing. Isn't that wonderful? Don't we look like ourselves? That is wonderful. I'm looking up Demon Katie right now. <laughs> All right. Demon Katie? Yeah. I can't I can't do it, man. I that's a that's a that's a hit from the back situation. Oh dude. I, or with the lights off at least. Dude, I I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> I mean, you know. Katie's no, got, you're not saying anything. You're just making Katie, sounds. Katie's got back. I mean, Look at she that. does. I did. I not just say you hit Demon uh -huh. Katie from the back. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See. Okay. First of all, in that picture, she looks emo. You well, gotta get I, the full Demon Katie picture. So go find the well, fourth one wanna... where she's where she's running at the camera. Well, I mean, beauty's a light switch way, Mark. I've had plenty of ex girlfriends tell me that. 
<laughs> We're all the same size and pretty with the lights off lying down. I get it. I get it. Um. <laughs> Whatever, Mark. I would buy you a fifth sandwich because your dad was a busher because he shoved two fine hands down the back of your pants. <laughs> All right. Um, this podcast got weird in a hurry, so let's call it. <laughs> All right. So it is St. Patrick's Day. Um, yesterday, we had another St. Patrick's show, but I couldn't do two in one day. So yesterday was our House of Pain Fine Malt Lyrics Review. You can check that out in the archive. Plus, we did a... <coughs> plus, we did a reaction video to the Butch Vig remix of Shamrocks and Shenanigans to go along with it. We're going to be doing more of those as time goes on. So check that out. It's the uh, something anniversary now of <clears throat> V for Vendetta. So we re-aired a comic strip that we did back when we were doing Alan Moore month a few years ago. We compared the V for Vendetta comic by Alan Moore uh, to the movie that came out with uh, Padme from... What's her name? Damn it. She's... Uh, uh, what's her face? Jane Foster. Damn it. Who's the actress's uh -huh. name? Um, shit. Yeah, um, you're killing me over here. Yeah, her. Yeah, um, her. Padme. Um, so Padme from Star Wars. Uh, people yeah. listen to this podcast. It's her, you dumbass, yeah. talented actress. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we are comparing the movie with her in it to the comic book for V for Vendetta. And uh, I would like to remind everybody fuck Firestorm. Um, we also did this was a re air from many, many years ago. Uh, one of the first Long Road to Ruins that I ever did where I had my friend Tom on, my best friend from, like, birth. Uh, it's like my brother from another mother. And we had the great debate. We compared Revenge of the Sith to Return of the Jedi. Natalie Portman. That's the one. So you can check that out. Before that, we had another Long Road to Ruin. This was a two-part episode that aired, which you can check in the archives. Uh, the Hunger Games, parts one and two. Tomorrow, um, we're done with all this Irish foolishness, but we will be doing another re-air. It is Damn You Hollywood for London Has Fallen from a few years ago. And then this Saturday, we got a whole bunch of stuff, fun stuff for you. Stuart Lang is going to be doing his first ever, in theory, um, alternative commentary for the heaviest boxing match in history, Thor versus Eddie. It's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. We'll also have a re-airing of Voltron Season 2. And in the evening, uh, Dan Lasby and, and I, in theory, will be doing an alternative commentary for Edgar Berlanga versus Steve Rolls on ESPN. And then Sunday, the boys from Life is Like a Game Show and I are going to be talking Quiz Show. And then when we're done with all that, myself and Harry Broadhurst are going to be doing yet another Indie Siders TV party for Terminus 2. And Prestige and West Coast Pro Wrestling Savage Mode featuring Malachi Black. So that's all for me. Thanks. I'm driving. Um, check us out on all your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. We have a presence there. And we're on every podcast you can think of. Um, Apple Music, Spotify. Those are the two big ones. But also Stitcher. No, not Stitcher. Um, uh, whatever. Podbean. Podbean. Uh, radio, flick, this radio, that radio, flick your bean, flick your bean, sure. Um, that's where you can find me. You can also find Jason Teasley's second and short podcast. Yeah, you can find us on any podcast listing forum, um, that Mark has list, listed previously. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel. 
the TikTok is ramping up rapidly. Ty is putting out some amazing content over there. Uh, the Instagram page is in full force. Go back and listen to our um, the visual breakdown of buy, keep, trade, have them for dinner with your mother <laughs> on a Sunday. Sell, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, go out for ice cream on a Tuesday. Um, Dynasty uh, forecast, you were ramping up for the draft that is uh, forthcoming. We just finished up uh, some combine talk. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be dropping on one of our multiple platforms. So, yeah, definitely check us out. Uh, of course, you could always find us here on the W2M network. So, and as for me, the protocol son, uh, you can always find me hanging out with Mark on the most uh, outlandish of movies. Uh, we got some real fun ones coming up. Uh, yeah. If Mark doesn't yeah. lose his mind and the schedule changes again. Um. I thought I changed this on my calendar. Yeah, we're going to be doing, uh, the next time you'll see Jason's actually in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a triple feature for some new streaming movies, uh, Fresh on Hulu, starring, um, what's his face there, who's on Pam and Tommy and uh, uh, Winter Soldier? The San uh, Bucky Barnes. Yeah, Bucky Barnes. So we'll be, do, we'll be reviewing Fresh, uh, The Adam Project, and No Exit. Two of those are on Hulu, and one of those will be, by the time this happens, one of those will be on uh, Netflix. I think The Adam Project is the new Ryan Reynolds movie. Yes. Uh, that went straight to streaming. So check that out, people. That's where you'll see Jason and I next. All right. We've rambled for too long. Now it's time to go. The St. Patrick's Day is over after we had another year for one of my favorite holidays. I'm sad now, Jason. I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry. I, will make it, I will make it up to you. You're going to send me we a fish will... sandwich in the mail? No, we are pimp walking in a few months. That's right. That's right. So check out check out our TikTok as you see me and Jason in pinstripe suits walk, walking down Universal Boulevard in uh, you know doing our pimp walk. How 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 surprised will you be if I actually do show up in a pinstripe suit with a wide brim hat? <laughs> I will be undressed. No just just no shirt underneath. I'm just going to have a jacket on, no shirt underneath. You know, a few chest the, hair showing. The real question will be how mortified will my daughter be? Dude, I um I I had House of Pain in my brain tonight at, before we set the podcast up and I walked over to her and I'm and I just start I just start going, man. I was like, um pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. And she's like, just fucking stop, dude. Well I got shut down by the eleven year old. Well, I'll have my fifteen year old with me at the time, so they can be mortified together. That's true. They can share in the mortification, which I believe is as good a way as any to end this podcast. Share in our mortification and join us next time. For Jason Teasley, the protocol son from Second and Short, I'm Mark Rattledge. Please like and subscribe wherever you find us, especially on YouTube. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>